Good morning, Rabbi Yisrael. Welcome back. Coming to you live from the Summerton Community College of Summerton, Philadelphia, continuing with Evan Shalema. And we are in Perak Yud Aleph. We're beginning a new piece this morning. Simon Hey, Yud Aleph Hey. And going continues in developing and detailing to us over here ideas behind the Geula, the upcoming future and final redemption that will take us out of this long, dark, and bitter and painful Gullus. And Interestingly, on the topic of pain, the guy has some words to share with us right now, and Kleisel is indeed in a state of pain right now. Abject pain. Extreme suffering. And that's actually what the guy discusses. Let's see. Very um, pertinent and timely words over here. Says the guy. Hagu'ula mechuna b'shem b'yker. The upcoming redemption, the gu'ula, Hashem will redeem us from this final gallus, is referred to as biker, as morning. There are psukim that refer to Geula, the upcoming Geula, as, as, as dawn, daybreak. Kamaisha Kosav, like the Pasuk says, Asa biker Vigam Laila. Hashem brings morning and, 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 and verily night. So, biker there's morning, dawn, is re- reference to Geula. Vechem Bechun Vashem Leida. Geula is also called birth. It's also referred to as childbirth. <clears throat> so, it is referenced and places as morning is also referred to allegorically as, as a late, as a birth. Kemai, Shekasu, like the Pasas, Kicholagam, Yaldat, Zion. Zion is in pangs and has verily given birth. So that's also referring to the Geula, to redemption. So says the guy, and we see in two different places the Geula is referred to in two different terms. Gula is likened, is compared to the morning, the dawn arriving, is compared to childbirth, to a baby being born. The guy's going to tell us why we have this allegorical imagery in comparison. What, what's Pshat? Why is the Gula compared to these two ideas? It says the guy, very haunting, but very relevant words. Very, very relevant. The guy's writing this. 200 plus, 250 years ago, the guy is writing this. Let's see. Everyone knows the night is darkest right before the dawn. It's a real thing. It's a real idea. When is the night the, the darkest? When is the most abject darkness? Right before the sky, the sky begins to, to uh, grow light. That's when it's darkest out. The pregnant woman, what's the most difficult part of the whole labor? I'm sorry, the whole, the whole pregnancy. What is the most difficult part of pregnancy? Right before childbirth. She's carrying this baby for nine months. The hardest part of those nine months is labor and delivery. That's the hardest part. When the impending birth approaches, that's the hardest time of the entire pregnancy. When she's you know, getting ready to, to give birth. So, the night time, uh, night is darkest right before the morning, just before daybreak. The pregnancy is the most difficult just before birth. And the Geula, the upcoming redemption, is compared both to morning and to childbirth. That means, The hardest part of the Geula is going to be right before Geula. The hardest, most difficult part of being in Geula, says the guy, is going to be right before the Geula comes. That's going to be the worst part. Exactly like childbirth. Exactly like dawn, the darkest part of the night is right before daybreak, 
hardest part of the nine months of pregnancy is right before birth. So too, the most difficult part of, 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 of this present Golis that we're in is going to be right before Gula. Now, Klaisal is certainly going through a very, very difficult time right now. Which things that we haven't seen since the Holocaust. And, and, and it's even some of you, 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 you know, investigate just a, like a, a tip of an ayam, the tip of the iceberg of the details of what went on down there. It's just, you can't, it's, you can't, you know, any sane, civilized person, uh, yid with feelings for other, you just, you can't, you can't read about it. You can't, the interviews, the pictures, the footage, it's impossible, impossible really to try to comprehend what happened. Kleisel is definitely going through very, very, very dark times right now. Now, let's, let's uh, hope this is indeed a fulfillment of what the guy is saying, that this is the darkest time right before the dawn. This is the most difficult part right before the birth. And we're about to see the, the birth. We're about to see the gula. Um, again, we, it's not for us to predict. It's not for us to, to make those calls. It's not for us to connect the dots. It is, it is for us to, to pray, to hope and pray, to daven. And uh, there should indeed be the end of the gullus, the most difficult time of the gullus, and the gullus should be right around the corner. But in any case, in any case, that's, that, as we mentioned, the disclaimer when we began this parak, we're not learning this because we're making a statement that yes, this is the gula. We, we daven that this should be the gula. We always daven that should be the gula. Our job right now is just to understand what we just read. So, so uh, after all of our fervent hopes and wishes and prayers, let's return to the gun. What's chat over here? What, what's indeed the case? What's indeed the pshat? Why is it that the gullus has to be the hardest right before the gulo? What's pshat? The guy just told us that that's the way it's going to be, right? The hardest point of the gullus is going to be right before the gulo comes. It's going to be the most difficult part of the gullus right before the gulo. And I'm sure right after the Holocaust, people were learning the same gun that we're learning now. They're saying, okay, that's it. This is the hard. How can, you know, Klaus has, you know, has never, never dealt with this, right? With six million yidin being, 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 Gassed to death. This is the goals right. Before, this is the hardest part. Of the goals right before the gula, and and we do know that there's times that Mashiach could have come. Like every generation has their the potential Mashiach. There are many junctures that 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 that, that um, came at different points in Klai's history that that were were ripe for Mashiach for sure. Um, but let's just ask a question: Why does that have to be the case? The guy is giving us a teaching that. The hardest part of the gala is going to be right before it's over, right before it's about to end, right before Gula comes, that's going to be the hardest part. Why? Parvas? The Abbas says we have to extend this question because the guy says this is compared to two other, two other concepts which also have their greatest, most in, intensified difficulty right before they're over. That's night becoming dawn, and that is pregnancy leading to a birth. Those are also not so geschmack, but they're at their peak of their intensity of their discomfort and, and, and pain right before they're over. And that's what, what the Gullus and Gullus is going to be like as well, that process, because that's what it's compared to. So that is, we really have to ask a question over there. Why indeed is night the darkest right before the dawn? And why indeed is pregnancy the hardest right before birth? So that question also has to be asked, right? We're comparing Gaulus to Geula, the process of going from Gaulus to Geula, this is the same process of going from pregnancy to birth, the same process of going from night to, do- to, night to dawn. They're also, it's the most, <laughs> most difficult right before it's over. Why? Why is pregnancy the hardest right before the baby comes? Why is night the darkest right before the dawn comes? Yes, Rabbi Moshe? That's right. It's all the same question. Why? Why does it have to be that way? 
Why does it have to be that way? So uh, the guy, I think, is giving us the clues and understanding why it has to be that way with Golis and Geula by indeed comparing it to these two phenomena that we're familiar with, night becoming dawn and labor producing a child. He's definitely cluing us in on something by making that comparison. And I think that's the place to start. And, and, and yeah, we do have to ask the question over there. Why does night have to be the darkest right before daybreak? Why does pregnancy have to be the most difficult right before the baby's born? And if we figure that out, maybe we'll be able to figure out the answer to why Gullus is going to be its worst at its worst at its peak right before it's over. So we have two different aspects that are being brought up over here. So each one, I think, has to be understood on its own. Each one, Lechayers bring its own its own idea to the table, and both of these combined, which are giving us what's going on with the process of Gullus going to Ula. Let's start with night becoming dawn. The night is the darkest, says the guy. Right before it's over. Why is that? Why is night? Why is the darkest point of the night right before day? So why do we have night altogether? Why do we have night and then day? Well, we have to go from nighttime to daytime. So the truth is, we actually it's an interesting hashkacha process over here. We began a new mesech last night. We began mesechas brachas. And uh, we were talking about, on Daf Beis and Aleph, we were talking about Hashem's day and our day. Hashem's day goes from night to day, our day goes from day to night. We talked about that on Daf Beis and Aleph, right? You guys remember that? Just a few hours ago. Um, what? Before the night. Before the night. Before last night. <laughs> no, it was after last night. It was after Beit time even. Uh. Um, was it after Rebbeinu time? No, Penis right. It wasn't after Rebbeinu time. Well, we, by the time we got to that part in the Gemara, it was probably already after Rebbeinu time. But um, anyway, so so it was it was the same day. It was, it was last night. We talk about Hashem's day, and Hashem's day goes from night to day, and Hashem's day begins with the night, ends with the day. It goes from night to day, night to day, night to day. Night has to come before the day, and the idea of night coming before the day is. The purpose of this world is obviously day, is the light, is activity. What? It's like we explained last night, right? Hashem, in running the universe, Hashem's day goes from nighttime to daytime, from, from dark to, to light. Why is that? The purpose of, of, the, of the 24-hour cycle is the daytime. That's the goal. That's the objective. Light for us to be active, to be doing things, to be productive, to be accomplished. To get there, to appreciate that, and, and, and light is all about, again, light is always symbolic and representative <coughs> of a connection with Hashem. Light is all about Hashem is or Chadash al Hashem is the, we, we, we euphemistically refer to Hashem as the Or Ein Soif. Um, Hashem is all about light, Lichtikai, illumination. The purpose of this world is to have that light and to follow that light back to Hashem. And for the light of Hashem to illuminate this world. Light is only meaningful if it's preceded by dark. The purpose of this world is for the light. It's only meaningful if it has something to be contrasted against. And the greater the contrast, the greater the appreciation. The greater the contrast, the greater the impact of the light, and the greater the meaning of the light, and the greater the message of the light, and the greater the, the, the uh, ability for me to use that light. 
because the light is all about, again, following that light back to Hashem. And the greater there was a contrast to what, 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 what's going on when I don't have that light, the greater the revelation of the light is. Light can only be as powerful as what it's working against. The point of the light, again, the point of daytime, is to follow the light back to Hashem, to be active, to be busy, to be doing Torah and mitzvahs and Maisim Tevim, and to pursue that back to the Rebbeinu Shalaylam, and that's only purposeful so much as I see that there's, there's this also concept of absence of light. And the greater that, that contrast is, we said the sharper the contrast, the greater the Tayelis, the, the, the benefit of receiving the light. The, the purpose of the daytime is to discover Hashem, is for Hashem to illuminate this world. And that has to be put into as sharp contrast as possible of what the light is here to illuminate by making the night as dark as possible right before dawn. That's why the night is darkest right before dawn, for the light to have maximum impact <coughs> and for the ability to connect to Hashem and bring Hashem, follow Hashem's light and bring it down here to have maximum um, output. That's why it's the darkest. The greater the darkness, the more, not just of an appreciation of Hashem's illumination there is, the more illumination there is. The more illumination there is. Everybody understands a deep concept, almost Kabbalistic, maybe mystical, maybe a dash of philosophy. But the greater the darkness, <coughs> the more I maximize the impact of Hashem's illumination, the greater the illumination. So that's why on a daily basis we have night and day, night and day, and night and day to achieve the goal of, of, of every 24-hour period of the illumination. It has to be something to illuminate, and that's why we have to tune, turn up the darkness to its max right before that illumination. Ah, or chadash al tziyantoyer, where I look at the light, I appreciate the light, and bring that back to the ge'ula, galus and ge'ula, it's the same exact thing. The purpose of galus is to have something to contrast ge'ula to. The purpose of exile, our long, dark, and bitter exile, is to have a setup for the illumination, the appreciation, and manifestation of Hashem's light, which is ge'ula, that's what redemption is. And in order to have the maximum effect of the world recognizing and benefiting from what the world was what was here for all along, the world has to be turned up to maximum darkness right before that revelation to have a maximum revelation of Hashem. That's why the goal is going to be most difficult right before the gula, to have the maximum impact of the revelation and illumination, to have maximum illumination. The world is here for Hashem to illuminate it. Illumination can only happen via a darkening and, and a, a, um, a, uh, to- a, a blackout. The greater the blackout, the greater the illumination. A total blackout leads to total illumination. Total blackout leads to total revel- revelation. So that's why the Gullus again has to be the most difficult right before the Gula to have a total revelation of Hashem's oneness, total revelation of Hashem's essence, total revelation of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's presence. Okay, so far so good? Okay, excellent. So that's the idea of the, the Gullus being at its worst right before the Gula in terms of the comparison to nine days. So that was a very deep, powerful idea that we just spoke out over there. But again, that's, that's the first half, that's the first 50%. The, the, the purpose of this world is for Hashem's revelation and illumination. It has to be maximized by having total blackout, just like the day leads to the light. 
the purpose of the of the nighttime being the revelation of the of the of the daytime. That connection back to Hashem. And now, what about childbirth? So the other reason why Galus is going to be at its peak, at its worst, right before Geula, right before redemption, Galus is going to be at its worst because it's compared as well to a woman who's giving birth, and the um, nine months of pregnancy are not so gishmak, not so pleasant. I don't know if any of you have ever been pregnant. I personally have not, but uh, not yet, anyway. But um, not planning on it. Not, not planning. Not planning on. Not planning on it. No. But uh, but from what I hear, from what I hear, from what I hear, from what they say, um, it's not so gishmak. Nine months of pregnancy. You know, all kinds of things going on. Going on changes and you know, lots, lots of stuff you got to deal with. And but the the, the the most difficult time, obviously, is labor and delivery. It's the hardest time. And that's also said the guy, that was the second idea that the guy presents us as to why the goal is going to be its bleakest, its darkest, its most painful, right before redemption. Goal is going to be the hardest, right before redemption. What's the shot in that? What's, this, what's the um, comparison to childbirth? What's the additional angle that the guy is giving us when he compares it to labor and delivery in, in, in terms of understanding Golis and Gula. So here again, we have to ask another question. Why indeed is it that labor and delivery are, are so unpleasant? Why does that have to be so, so painful? Are you doing such a big mitzvah? A woman's bringing more Yiddish kindred into the world, another neshama, another baby is here, another, another member of the Jewish nation. Why would something so lofty, so amazing, so beautiful, bring more Jewish children to this world? Why indeed is it so rough, so difficult to, um, to, uh, to, 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 to do that? Why, why, should I, why should I make it so difficult? So Arthur is helping us out. Arthur is saying, the apple, Arthur means is the, the fruit, which wasn't an apple. That's, that's what Arthur means to say. It was grapes, it was an esrog, it was wheat maybe, it was a fig. Yeah. Um, it wasn't an apple, but it was what it means is the fruit that wasn't an apple. So yes, she didn't eat the snake. No, she didn't no, eat the no, snake. No, no, snake did you. So yes, yes, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah that's true. The snake convinced her, but she had free will. She had free will, right? So let's talk a go there. Let's start. Arthur's helping us out. Arthur's saying that the reason why women have such a difficult time with labor and deliveries harks back to Chava and the curse that Chava got on behalf of. All the benoist chava, all all womankind, until today. So, it's interesting because it is a very unusual kind of, if you think about it, like unusual and illogical, almost like counterintuitive, very counterintuitive. The woman who's involved in in in, in doing one of the the the, the, the holiest um, pursuits, which is bringing children to the world, producing children that should come with such pain. So it's got such difficulty, such discomfort. And yes, it came, it came as a result of Hashem giving Chava that curse, but why indeed such a curse? The answer is like this. You were talking about pain now, personal pain. And pain generally is representative of you speak to the speak to the physicians and the nurses and the the um, the uh, RNs, yes, and they'll tell you the physicians will tell you the doctors will tell you the nurses will tell you that pain is generally something you want to get checked out. 
You don't walk around with pain. Pain is an alarm system. Pain is the body telling you, usually, sometimes, sometimes. Yeah, now, not, it's not, age, you don't always you listen to pain. You have to be an so, Right, that's right. Sometimes pain is just, uh, you know, you have, to, you have to overcome the pain. That's true. No pain, no gain. But there's another kind of pain, which is the body essentially telling you that this is, this is against the grain. This is, um, this is not in line with, with, with um, what I'm wired for, how I'm supposed to operate. It's against the going against the system. Something is, the system is, is going haywire. That produces pain. Pain, physical pain, certainly, is is generally representative of the fact that something that the body's being pushed against the grain. It's going out of, out uh, against its how it's supposed to operate, how it's supposed to work, how it's to, how, how 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 it works when it's functioning in an optimal state. When it's being bent against that, that that yields pain. That's what pain is. That's pain. Um, you know, when you when you when you move your body in a funny way, you work your, your body in a unnatural manner, that produces pain, right? I don't think I'm I'm designed to touch my toes. Who you know, this, this is a shtus. You're supposed to be able to touch your toes, right? What does it say you're supposed to be able to touch your toes? If I try to touch my toes, yeah, that's right. I try to touch my toes, that produces pain, Rabbi say. That produces pain. So clearly I'm not supposed to be able to touch my toes, right? Um so, but that, that's what pain is. Pain is about being forced against your grain. The reason childbirth has to come with pain that, that, that goes all the way back to Chava, um, goes all the way back to Chava, even though having children seems to be one of the, the loftiest, as we, think, as we said, things that you can do. It's such a beautiful thing. And, and yeah, you, the Yiddish Mamas, they all want to have, have Kindlach. But it goes back to Chava in that the nature of mankind changed as a result of the chet, as a result of the sin of eating from the food that wasn't an apple, like Arthur told us. Nature of humanity changed as a result of that Aveira. And that Aveira was a, m- a bunch of things, but amongst what that Aveira was, amongst the bunch of things, what that the original sin of eating from the Eitadas Tevera was an act of selfishness, being self-absorbed. Being, being focused inwardly on oneself. Adam and Chava were given a mission, they were given a task to follow Hashem and bring Hashem into the world. Eating from the Yitzhadas Taifa was investing in themselves, focusing inward, an inward focus, pursuing their own interests. And that is <clears throat> the very opposite of... If you think about it, producing children, producing the next door, there's always two ways to go in life. There's the self-centeredness, focusing inward, taking care of myself, my needs, my interests, looking after me, or there is being selfless and let me let, allowing myself just to be a, a conduit to bring more Hashemness into the world. I can go one way, I can go the other way. Children is the latter. Allowing myself just to be a device, a kli, to, to bring more world into the world, to bring more Hashem into the world, it's the opposite of selflessness. It's, it's, I'm not focusing on myself. I'm producing a child that's going to force me to take care of something else, to, to take care of another human being, to care, take care of another yid. I, I'm, I'm, I'm producing something that's going to force me to not be self-centered. That's what children are. That's what children are. Force me to be invested in continuing the, the nation of Klai Yisrael, continuing 
world population, continuing civilization, and continuing bringing Hashem to this world. Excuse me. It's the opposite of being selfish and self-centered. The Eitzhadas Tevara, Odom and Chavi eating from that, was an act of self-indulgence, was an act of investing themselves and promoting themselves. This is good for me, this is what I want, this is good. something that appeals to me. Nechmad Le'enayim, the Eitzhadas was, Nechmad Lamar, rather, Sa'avad Le'enayim, it was appealing, look, Geshmak, it was about focusing inwards, it was about self-indulgence. And <clears throat> as a result of that, Chava, it was not much uh, as much a klala as much as Chava rewired herself how she was built and, and was locked in by Kaddish Baruch Hu for all times for all women to be this way that, that the wiring is now such because of as a result of that hate that childbirth is now going to the, the body has become flawed the, the essence of the guf has become flawed in such a way that it was now has a natural self-centeredness, a natural self-indulgence, that there will be pain in producing a child because the pain is the pain of the body being forced to go against what the, the, the state that the body was locked into from the chayt of chava. This is deep. This is very deep. So maybe we should should we continue with this tomorrow? Should we try to just wrap this up now? Wrap it up now, though, I'm saying. Okay, so I'm going to compress it, but we're going to have to maybe listen to the recording later and listen to it a few times to let it percolate. So the, 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 producing children is painful for the body because the, the body is now a flawed body. It's in a flawed state from the chayt and an. It's locked into a state where the body naturally wants to be self-indulgent. The body naturally, everybody, everybody's body, naturally wants to, wants to just take care of itself. That's what the body wants. So if I leave my body to my own devices, it wants to take it easy, it wants to eat, it wants to sleep, it wants to rest, it wants to pursue pursuits, that's what the body naturally wants. Even though intellectually and emotionally everyone wants to have children, but she's in a body that the body is designed the way that the body just wants to be lazy. The body wants to eat, the body wants to sleep, the body wants to take care of itself. So producing a child, which is the greatest act of selflessness, goes against the body, which wants selfishness, that's, that's pain. That's why there's pain. That's why the greatest pain comes right before you produce the, that child. Because the pain of that contrast, of a body that was, as a result of the hate, now flawed, and a body that on its own, when it's left to its own devices, wants to be self-indulgent, which is forced to produce now, forced to be selfless. That pain, that yields pain, is going against the grain. By God, this is deep stuff, too deep? Let's take another sip of coffee. Um, it's cold. Yeah, it's very cold. How'd you know? Anyway, um, it, was, it was a cold before I started, it was cold. I took someone shut the, the carafe off, and it was already cold. It showed up. Anyway, but let's get back to Adam and Chavo and Gulf's Gula. So, so too, Adam and Chava, result, as a result of their hates, they got flawed bodies, but they flawed the universe. The universe is a flawed universe now. It's a world that is on its, on its own device. This world is a world that wants what? When we leave the world to its own devices, what does it want? Is it altruistic and selfless? Or is this a world that wants left to its own devices? Is self-indulgence, indolence, and, and selfish? It, the answer is the latter. This is a world that as a result of, in this world, eating the Eitz Hadas man was brought down, woman was brought down, the world was brought down, as we saw in, in, in Derech Hashem. It's a flawed universe now. And although the world is here, it's designed, its purpose is to reveal the revelation of Hashem at the end of days, but it's going to come into a world which on its own devices, the world is a flawed world, it's a world that when you leave it to itself, it is self-indulgent and self-centered and selfish. Memela, the ultimate revelation, and the moment that it comes, the moment the truth is, is coming into a world that is against that. It's against the grain of this world. The natural state of this world is against that. The world is being forced 
in Geula Tzayin, in times of Geula, is being forced to now reveal, house, and and project the, the ultimate revelation of Hashem that goes against the grain of the world, that, that is going to come with pain. It comes with pain. The world being forced against its grain. The world being forced into a tikkun. The world being forced <coughs> into perfection. The world being forced into shleimus, that, that is pain. That's painful. And that's why the most painful time of the Gulls will be right before the Gula, because it means the world is getting ready for that great and big revelation that comes with the big shake-up, that comes with labor, that comes with, with, with birth pangs, that, becomes with, that comes with... with, with uh, very difficult labor. That means it's the world that's getting, it's getting pulled this way, yanked and stretched, and is getting readied to project Hashem. That goes against the grain of the world. That's why it's going to come with pain. Okay, that was quite a lot. We we, we usually something like this we would have done, I think, in two over the course of two days, but we did it in, in the course of one day. So everyone should please review this and rewind this and chaz this. And like we said. Christ is going through very difficult times right now. Let us hope and daven and, and pray that these are indeed the Chevle Mashiach, the birth pangs that are stretching the world to get ready for the Geula. And these are actual, you know, the, the, the uh, actual contractions, not Braxton Hicks, not the Braxton Hicks ones, and the, the contractions that are, the Emerson are going to lead to the Geula Shleim of Meher of Yemenu. Amen.